Hello, I'm James Jacobson in Maui, Hawaii. And I'm Caroline Winter in Adelaide, Australia. Welcome to Dog Edition, the first show designed for you to listen to while you walk your dogs. Coming up, a story about a man whose dog saved his life. We'll have the rising concern over fake animal rescue videos and also a sneak peek into the adults-only podcast that involves dogs, cocktails and snacks. Mm. So if you love dogs as much as we do, pause what you're doing, leash up your pup and let's take a walk because we've got a lot to talk about on today's episode of Dog Edition. Hey Pepper, want to go for a walk? To get started off, let's take a visit to the hydrant. Caro, what has caught your interest this week? Well, Jim, I know that you're as big a sucker as I am for cute dog videos. I am. I spend (laughs) way too much time looking at cute dog videos and anything related to dogs on the internet. So you'd no doubt be as horrified as I am at the thought then that someone might create a fake video of a dog or really any animal for that matter but being rescued from a dangerous situation. I know where you're going with this. And yes, I am horrified. It is just crazy. And uh, we've seen one of those this week, haven't we? Yeah, and that's exactly the reason I'm bringing it up. There was a video posted on TikTok on Sunday, and it showed a man rescuing a dog from the path of an oncoming train here in Australia. Did you see it? Horrible, horrible, horrible. Yeah. It's it's just it's just atrocious because it is popular, but it's just so scary to think of a dog and a train zooming at him. Yeah, it's it's got all the makings of a Hollywood blockbuster, but not a good one. And for anyone who hasn't seen it, the video shows what seems to be a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel tied to a railway track, and then a man runs towards the dog and voices from behind the camera call for him to get off the track and to leave it there, as in leave the dog there, as the train gets a bit closer. Then the man quickly unties the dog and pulls it to safety with less than a second to spare. So the man is hailed as a hero, no doubt. Of course he is. And that was definitely the sentiment among many of the 15,000 comments that the post got. But as Yahoo News reported in the days since the video was posted and viewed more than 4 million times, I might add, Mm -hmm. other viewers began to question just whether it was actually fake. And so they called in the experts. And this is what I looked into because the technology that is available to detect real from fake is remarkable, and it's getting smarter and smarter every day with artificial intelligence. In this situation, there is an associate professor at the University of California in Berkeley named Henri Farid, and Mr. Farid is an expert in this area, and he sits actually on TikTok's Content Advisory Council. Who knew there was such a thing? I Mm. understand why. And they used a custom-built program to analyze the light and shade in the video. Clever. And when Fareed looked at it really, really, really closely, frame by frame analysis, and examined just a single frame out of the video, he found inconsistencies between the way the shadows cast by the man and the other objects in the scene. So he, in his considerable expertise, deemed the video to be a fake. Mm, And it wasn't just him as it turned out. That was definitely a huge clue, but there were some others who took a look. 
and Yahoo News spoke to Sarah Ross. She's from animal welfare charity Four Paws International. And she says there were another few indicators suggesting that the video was fake. Mm. So she says it was filmed like a movie, as I pointed out, a Hollywood blockbuster, (laughs) um, where the camera cuts between the dog and then the danger and the hero building that sort of suspense. And she also said that two people were involved, one filming and the other on camera. So, you know, sounded like it had already a done deal before it started. Slightly staged. Just a little bit. And so she concluded that the video looks like a fake because of the dog's behaviour as well, Mm. that the dog reacted like he knew this guy and that the man (laughs) knew how to untie the leash as if it was all planned. So in good news after all of this, TikTok deemed the video was fake and took it down. So if you haven't seen it, you can't. But the really (laughs) concerning thing is that we are seeing a rise in these kinds of videos. It's something that the group World Animal Protection has been investigating. And you know, Caro, it is not just dogs who are being saved from oncoming trains, but cats and ducks and monkeys and tortoises and all kinds of animals, even some that are endangered, they're being staged as as kind of like prey. Mm. And then a large predator comes in, like a snake or a crocodile. And of course, those little poor animals are being fake rescued, all in the name of entertainment and, of course, getting more views. It's hard to believe that we're in this place where this happens, mm. right? Good. Is it? <laughs> is it? It's 2021. Is it? Maybe. Real not. fake news, yeah. <laughs> Um, Some good news, though. In March this year, YouTube publicly pledged to crack down on animal cruelty content found on its platform. That's great. But World Animal Protection says 47 new fake animal rescue videos have actually been posted since then, and that's had more than 7 million views. Mm. So it's calling on YouTube to remove the content, which violates its community standards. And on top of that, my all-time favourite comedian, actor and campaigner on many things, especially animal rights, Ricky uh, Gervais. Me too. He's my favourite. We Hopefully we'll get him on Dog Podcast Network one day. <laughs> you can always hope. Well, Ricky has spoken out about the videos and he too is agitating for YouTube to take action. Mm, that's good. Well, I'm glad that YouTube is getting a little bit of pressure in this area. And of course, it's really up to all of us to be vigilant and when we don't watch these kinds of videos and to report them because, of course, we are living in an era of disinformation so you have to be selective in what you choose to consume we will have a link in our show notes with some of the key ways that you can spot a fake animal rescue and that has been posted again by the world animal protection group we're gonna take a break but we will be right back and now a message from your dog every day with you is like a day at the beach And I want as many beach days as possible. I want to run and sniff and find a good stick to carry. I want to roll in the grass and warm my belly in the sun. I want to walk with you, run with you, sleep with you, eat with you. And when I eat with you, I want Everpup. The green grassy beef liver spiked smell wakes my senses. You may not realize this, but it tastes like homemade gravy, especially when you wet it. It infuses any food you give me with health and life and vibrancy. I can feel it. Everpup traveling to every cell in my body, nourishing each one. Does it roll back time? Of course not. Not really. But it helps me feel like I'm on top of the world. 
I'm so glad you're giving it to me every day. Because every day I'm so glad to be with you. I'm so grateful to be your dog and for the ever pup you give me. So now that you know what your dog wants, get Everpup, the ultimate dog supplement. Everpup is available in select pet shops and on Amazon. But to get the best price possible, join the Everpup Club at everpupclub.com, where you'll get your first jar for just $8 with free shipping anywhere in the U.S. Go to everpupclub.com and use the discount code DPN. That is everpupclub.com. Everpup every day. Welcome back to Dog Edition. Well, Jim, we know life is a series of choices that sends you down either one path or another. But when the path you're on turns out to be destructive, it can be really hard to find a new direction. Sometimes it takes an outside force to push us onto that better, healthier path. And for Barry Caracostas, it was his wife, Julie, and their Rottweiler, Leo, who did just that. In fact, he credits them with saving his life. Let's head to the posh West London neighbourhood of Kensington for this story, which starts with an ultimatum. I'm giving you six months. I'm going. I've, you know, I've had it. And you look after Leo. He's your dog as well. You need to, you know, show responsibility. Barry Caracostas worked in the restaurant industry from the time he was 16 years old until his mid-30s. It's a career that demands long hours and late nights. The pace is relentless. He made some poor lifestyle choices during those years. So I was, you know, drinking too much. I had, you know, I had a, a huge problem with drugs. Um, I wasn't sleeping and, you know, it took a, a really bad knock-on effect. Barry's wife, Julie, handed over responsibility for Leo the Rottweiler. But it was more than that. What she was really handing him was a new lease or a new leash on life. And I had a, you know, an element of responsibility. I needed to go home. I needed to walk him in the morning, walk him at lunchtime, walk him in the evening. Um, so things were driving me back home, whereas before I didn't have the need to go home because everything was looked after. Barry and Leo took long walks through Kensington Park. He often stopped to chat with fellow dog lovers. His appreciation for Leo grew, as did his appreciation for the dogs that he met while they were out and about, which led Barry to contemplate the options that lay ahead for him. And then we just started walking, and, you know, um, I was in Kensington Gardens, and uh, there was an individual there that approached me. He had a business, and he was moving away, and he, he said, you know, I see you in the park. Are you doing anything at the moment? I said, no, you know, I sold a business. Um, and I'm, you know, just trying to find a different path, you know. So he goes to me, well, I'm still in my business. How about you buy a dog walking business? By this point, Barry fully recognized Leo's role in transforming his life. He felt a deep commitment to dogs. So he made an offer to buy the dog walking business. Leo was the one that got me out and about and I was communicating with people. I was getting a little bit fitter. And then I started running with him. Um, to get a little bit fitter and look the part because I was, you know, five and a half stone heavier than I am now. Um, so I wanted to get fitter so I could do the job better. Like most things in Barry's life, he approached this with an all-in attitude. 
He wanted his clients, both dog and human, to get the most benefit from his services. Um, so I started running with Leo before I was going to see clients. And then I thought, uh, you know, these dogs are still going home and they've got barrels of energy. So I started reading about, you know, different, you know, engagements, both mentally and physically to drain energy of dogs so they could become easier to train. And, you know, running as a pack was one of them. And Barry's pack started with three dogs and grew to about 20. They ran early mornings, off-leash, through the parks. He had a process for introducing new dogs to the pack. They would be attached to me for the first, you know, seven to ten days. They had to learn that they weren't allowed to cross my legs, so it obviously keeps me safe and obviously them because, you know, they don't, you, you know, you don't want a, a 15-stone bloke, you know, over a, a Jack Russell or a, a Vishla, you know, that can be very, very um, painful for them and also me. Uh, also an integration into the back into the pack because I'm introducing them so they they you know the other pack members get that confidence from me that this dog's okay we need to accept him into the pack or her into the pack this pack got plenty of exercise you know I would do six to eight kilometers and we would track the dogs with GPS and because they don't run in a straight line they would they would clock anything between 20 to 30 kilometers on a six to eight my my run. Barry Caracostas became known as the dog jogger. His pack runs made dogs fitter, happier, and more confident. Supermodel Elle McPherson called on him for her dogs, Bella and Moon. There have been other celebrities too, but Barry is discreet when it comes to his clientele. But if you think the sight of a man running with a pack of 20 dogs through London's parks might turn a few heads... Well, you'd be right. Oh, people loved seeing it because they couldn't believe that the dogs were staying with me. I mean, if I ran off a cliff, they'd run with me, you know, and it was, it was, you know, it's hugely empowering. And, and, you know, I felt proud of them. They felt, they felt great. So at the end of the exercise, we would sit down and literally they would just all just naturally sit around me. And it was, you know, hugely empowering to me um, and so satisfying and soul, soul satisfying that, you know, I could actually give back to this wonderful species that saved my life. This soul-satisfying path has led to Barry's latest endeavor for dogs, the Urban Mutts Dog Club and Hotel. It's a members club meets modern fitness, daycare, and well-being space for the city dog. Picture yourself as a fluffy white Maltese. Your pampering begins immediately. Are you prone to tear stains? Perhaps you opt for a blueberry facial. It's a very um, uh, meditative uh, treatment, you know, both for groomer and for and for the dog, and and it gets results. You got a nice pristine white, nice glowing fur on your face. Next stop, the social club. In your day, you would get an enrichment uh, time one-to-one away from the pack, which would be any top-up training or learn a new trick to show off when your owners come and pick them up. And then you would have a physical examination and just give them a once-over just to make sure that they're all healthy and we haven't noticed any lumps or bumps anywhere. Uh, and then you would get a bit of time to socialize, find your friends, and then we'll group you up with a maximum of four dogs. And a little outing in the park to let loose. That's for you to do whatever you want. You want to roll around in mud, roll around in mud. Get loose, get with it. 
we'll, we'll clean that up, trust me, before they, before they come pick you up. After one last walk, it's time to head to your sleep hut. You've got a raised bed, you've got mood lighting, um, there's uh, chill out music playing, so it's quite tranquil, so we can dim the lights, and then you would have your dinner. You're getting five-star, round-the-clock treatment. Uh, it's 24-hour supervision, so if you're in need in, in the middle of the night and you know you need to go to the bathroom, there's somebody there to take you out. Um, and then again, to bring you back and give you oodles and cuddles until you nod off again. Barry describes it this way. Urban Mutts as a concept is about creating that community and that support for owners. Um, because we do have busy lives and what, what happens is the dog gets pushed aside um, and it's barking and it's chewing the shoes and they're like, they're just looking for, you know, a way out. Okay, so how can I live with this dog? Because I love it to pieces, but I don't want to give it away. So you need to provide them convenience. The simple mission of Urban Mutts, making city dogs happier and healthy so that they can make their busy urban owners feel the same way, seems like it might be Barry's way of saying thank you to Leo and to Julie for getting him on the right path. The most important thing for, for me in, 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 in this industry is to make sure that the dog is looked after in the best possible way. My wife, I have to always mention her first, and my dog, uh, Leo, the Rottweiler, um, that guided me through and out of a very deep hole, and I you know, managed to turn my life around. So the underlining commitment to dog is very, very real and very strong um, because they saved my life and my family. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a family if it wasn't for, for the dog. We are going to take a break right now, but we will be right back. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Dog Edition. Well, our mission to find new and entertaining dog-loving podcasters and YouTubers continues and has uncovered another great guest, well, another great show. And this episode, we're sharing a snippet of Jim's recent live stream conversation on Dog Lovers Live with Dr. Mike, the bowtie vet guy, and his best friend, Dr. Scott. Oh, this is fun. Dr. Mike and Dr. Scott are the hosts of The Vets Unleashed. Yes, that's right. They are veterinarians. And they talk to animal professionals and animal lovers, and they discuss the wild kingdom after hours. There are cocktails and snacks, and just an FYI, this is a podcast for adults only. So if you're not old enough to drink, then you're probably too young to listen to their show. You know, the, the idea of a podcast was hatched at a bar, and veterinarians as most are as most good podcasts are exactly (laughs) year after year we talk about starting a podcast while at a bar yeah um you know at national veterinary conferences and finally we thought let's just do it and it just seemed like a natural progression you know to to uh we enjoy cocktails and beverages and and uh, certainly veterinary medicine and the practice of veterinary medicine has not gotten easier 
in the past couple of years. Uh, so maybe we rely on those <laughs> cocktails a bit more than we should. Uh, but it just became, uh, you know, this um, almost a, it's fun to try and match a cocktail to the the uh, topic of the day. And you have done that. Uh, do you remember some of the cocktails that you matched to the guests and the topics? Oh, yeah, we had. Well, one time we talked about black cats. And so there's one called the black cat, um, which was delicious, had, like cola based and oh, some kind of uh, like some kind of huckleberry liqueur or something like that. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah they, yeah, they all have some weird liqueur in them. And so now I have like a hundred <laughs> bottles that I've used, you know, your liquor store, your, your, your cabinet is set for, for the next decade. Yeah, we had the welcome home for potential veterinary students who are interested in, yeah. um, you know, talking with a recruiter from a veterinary college and how they can be prepared. Yeah. Farewell fizz for quitting a job. Talking about yes, quitting a job. <laughs> for when when the, your job isn't working anymore. Yeah. So it's not just the drinks. You cover a whole bunch of topics. Yeah. I mean, I it, we thought that there were lots of how-to veterinary shows there how to you know brush your dog's teeth and that sort of thing mm -hmm. um and we really wanted to talk about things that were important to veterinarians and so sort of a little insider um look at veterinary medicine so the idea was if you came up to two veterinarians who were at a bar and were talking about their daily lives and what was going on with them this is what you would hear so that's how we came up with the idea of where we were going with this we got the alcohol we have yeah. the but there's the sense of humor that kind of undergirds everything that you guys are doing i mean no, aren't vets supposed to be stodgy yeah they're supposed to be but you know <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i uh, i have been doing performing and and comedy my whole life and uh i'm in la now i actually do some stand-up comedy and to be fair i mean i think that's a very important part of both scott and i when we were in practice uh our communication technique you know, so it, I think it's, you know, it is a valid way to break the ice with people, to get people relaxed and feeling like they're on a team with you when you're in an exam room. And, you know, mm. it's, it's just part of who we are. So it's, it's never going to go away. One of us is funnier than the other, though. Yeah. Mike's a stand-up comedian, so he has to work at it. It just comes naturally <laughs> for me. Uh, I will say, though, you know, when you say most vets are stodgy, sadly, not only, well, maybe it's not sad. Most vets do not look like Mike and I anymore. They're much younger, much more attractive, and mostly female yeah. at this point. And mostly and female. Getting much I like those more veterinary diverse. conferences. So, yeah. you know, vet conferences have changed a lot. <laughs> they, they have. They have. Well, absolutely. Yeah, suddenly, we're well dressed. I think we're becoming more and more professional. But we're do we're doing our best to drag it back a little. <laughs> Pull it back <laughs> yeah, down. Exactly. Not too professional. And you can watch Jim's full dog lovers live stream with the hosts of the Vets Unleashed, Dr. Mike the Bowtie Vet Guy. I love that. Mm -hmm. And his bestie, Dr. Scott, who sounds like he's from Star Trek. <laughs> and you can find that at dogloverslive.com. Well, that is all for today's episode. I want to thank you for bringing Dog Edition along with you on your walk today. And if you'd like something else to listen to between now and our next show, check out Jim's extended conversations on DPN's sister show, The Long Leash. This week, I sit down with Ed Jamison, who is the CEO of Operation Kindness. Now, Ed has dedicated his entire career to animal welfare, but he's only recently joined the organization, which has been saving homeless pets for 45 years. 
That sounds like a great interview. And on the next episode of Dog Edition, things are going to sound just a little different because we're launching a new look or new listen show with a fascinating deep dive into the world of dog cloning. You will not want to miss that episode. We've been working on it for a while. It's very exciting. Uh, I think you'll like our new format. If you like us now, you'll really love us with this new format, I think. Uh, Also, we are going to be introducing something called Voices from Dog Parks Around the World. So look out because we will may have someone come up to you with a microphone and ask you some questions. All of that's next week. But in the meantime, we'd love to hear from you. So why don't you leave us a voicemail by going to dogedition.com and clicking on the blue button on the bottom right of every episode page and yeah, leave us a message. Also, want to remind you that we are looking for correspondence as we continue to grow this podcast and Dog Podcast Network in general. So if you are a content producer or a journalist, a podcaster, or an audio storyteller, and you love dogs, check out our 101 Dog Stories contest. We have over $15,000 in prize money. Follow Dog Edition in whatever podcast app you use to listen and leave us a review and some stars, five if you don't mind. And check the show notes for links and information about the guests in this episode. And please do us all a favor and tell your friends about Dog Edition and Dog Podcast Network because that helps us grow. I'm Caroline Winter, your resident news hound. And I'm James Jacobson. Again, thank you for listening today. On behalf of all of us here at Dog Podcast Network, we wish you and your dog a very warm aloha. Is artificial intelligence going to change veterinary medicine? Well, it already has. Right now, on Dog Cancer Answers, we're speaking with Dr. Kelly Deal of Morris Animal Foundation about how AI is impacting veterinary research and the practice of medicine itself. That's on Dog Cancer Answers. Get it wherever you get your podcasts or at dogcancer.com slash podcast.